0: Listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 202: The Black Cauldron, Dark Ages, and the Dark Mark. Welcome to the
1: Anime. Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, Animation Addicts! My name is Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. And you are listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast. I am excited today because we are going to go way back into Disney canon and bring up one of those movies that just, you know... Not many
0: people watch for reasons. (laughs) It's You know, but surprisingly, it's one of those ones that everyone kind of knows about, but no one wants to watch it. They either haven't watched it because they know it's bad, they've heard it's bad, or you've watched it and you're not going to watch it again because it's bad. (laughs) And of course, if you haven't figured it out by yet, no, we are not talking about Chicken Little. We are talking about... (laughs) something even worse, even more dark, the dark, (laughs) dark dark ages of Disney from this time period, the black cauldron. So I don't know why we decided to review this film. You know, sometimes the patrons will pick different movies and other times, you know, Chelsea and I just pick and I just felt like doing a Disney film because I'm on a Disney kick right now. Who isn't always on a Disney kick? Let's be honest. And I just had a hankering for the black cauldron, which I will probably never say that phrase again in my life it hopes not
1: oh, unless your kid is like what's that and you're like, no. like nope those are that's the dark <laughs> that's the dark ages that's the dark of shadowy we place don't go,
0: we don't go there
1: <laughs> we don't go there <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well this is our know. kingdom
0: the disney jump on your
1: magical pig we're going to jump into this <laughs> prophetic pig um yeah we we're, we're going to be talking about this movie and we're glad to have you
0: Before I get started, let's set the stage for The Black Cauldron. There is a lot to discuss here, and this film has a lot of history as to why it is the way that it is, more so than usual. So, of course, all this information comes from the internet, box office, Mojo, IMDb, Wikipedia, and so on and so forth. The studio, of course, was Walt Disney Animation Studios. Directors were Ted Berman and Richard Rich, who actually previously had directed The Fox and the Hound together. And so, hey, these guys did a great thing. Let's bring them on for this. We'll see how that goes. There were 18 other writers and story contributors, not including the original, the writer of the original novel. So, you know, there were a lot of hands that touched this along the way. We'll talk about that even more. Release date, July 26th, 1985. It had a budget of $44 million, which actually pretty interesting. Initially, people thought it was in the 20s, but in the documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty, Don Hall, he mentioned that at the time, this was the big, biggest budget for a Disney animated film at $44 million. So the real numbers came out significantly more than what people thought. And it, it hurt because the box office total, it just grossed 200 well, they wish $21.3 billion. Uh, which, uh, fun fact, it lost to the Care Bears movie on opening weekend. <laughs> so that is Disney, the behemoth, the amazing, the studio that brought you the likes of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Peter Pan and Cinderella, loses to a cheaply animated Care Bears movie. Let that sink in.
1: <laughs> oh, man. This was an interesting decade, though. Like the 80s, and I think I feel like this movie kind of encapsulates a lot of what was happening. You know, it was brought to you by the same decade that created grim and complicated fantasy films such as Return to Oz and The Dark Crystal. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have these different movies that are really trying to toe the line of being edgy and something that's, you know, not quite for kids and definitely more of the the boy audience versus a girl audience with a, a Disney princess film. Um, but yeah, it was interesting how this all happened. Like, what's so bad about this, uh, not bad, but like what's sad about the whole thing is uh, both Ted Berman and Richard Rich basically got ousted from Disney after this film. And hey, someone's like, head's got a role. Uh, yeah, well, and
0: then it's Ted, always the way in corporate America. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ted actually never directed another movie after that. And that's what hurts
0: for me. Right. He was older, though. He did die. He was, he, he was born in 1919, and he died in 2001. So I think he was kind of at the tail end of his career, where eh, if this didn't really hit home and, and was a smash hit, there weren't really going to be that very many opportunities. Richard Rich, on the other hand, he, you know, took this and made something out of it. He created his own studio you might know Richard Rich most famously from the Swan Princess series. He went to do a whole bunch of direct-to-video Christian films about different uh, stories from the Bible, which were incredibly popular, and the Alpha and Omega series. So he has really taken this and turned it into something that was really great for him, where he has his own production company, and it is relatively successful. I mean, much more successful than me. I can't like relatively successful. I mean, he's doing great. Let's just put it that way. He's continuing. He's he, I mean, the Swan princess now has, um, there are the three original Swan princesses and then four, five, six, seven, eight. So Swan princess is the new land before time, which I should totally watch all of those and do a YouTube video about those. I agree. You should. I watched all of the Swan (laughs) Princess movies so you don't have to. I am doing that. That is going to be my return to the Rotoscopers YouTube channel. I'm leading off with that. Sorry. We are totally tangent time but it's okay (laughs) because we're reviewing the Black Cauldron of all things. Okay? So this is a little walk down memory lane for Richard Rich which we like to do. We like to see you know, what happened with these directors. What did they go on to do? Um, So yeah, stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe to our channel rotoscopers.com slash YouTube because uh, I got some movies to watch, some Swan Princess. Oh, there's a Swan Princess Christmas one that I missed. Yeah, oh, I another one right here. There's way more than I thought. Oh wow, a what have I got myself Swan into? Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, okay, hold on. Let me start over again. One, two, Swan Princess. Escape from Castle Mountain. Mystery of the Enchanted Treasure. Sing along. Then there is. Swan Princess Christmas, Swan Princess, a royal family tale. Swan Princess, Princess tomorrow, pirate today. Royally uncover a royal mystery, spelt with a Z for some reason. And Kingdom of Music and a royal wedding. Okay, guys, I gotta, I gotta work myself up for this, but um, it's gonna be good. But going back, this did not. Just let me know when you
1: get to the point where they start doing a random lightsaber duel. (laughs) That one was.
0: (laughs) That's a thing that's a thing they have lightsabers in the swan princess wow i am i'm looking forward to this what's funny is is i
1: guess in the newer ones uh and by newer i mean since 2015 they just they break the fourth wall you know a lot where they're just they just know that they are are just being kind of dumb and they kind of just go with it (laughs) So like the fact is there is a scene where they have a lightsaber duel and I'm like, what the heck am I watching? I was so, so lost, but it was I like, see. all right, this is where we're, I this see. Is where we're at. <laughs> it was on Netflix one time and I was like, I'm going to watch this. Um, yeah. So anyway. Well, now
0: I'm going to watch this too. Anyways, let's go back to what we actually are here to talk about. But Richard Rich, that's for another day. And The Swan Princess, maybe we'll have to watch one of those. Well, I clearly will be watching one of those. I don't. I volunteered <laughs> myself. I, I volunteer as tribute. I don't know why. <laughs> but so oh. let's go back to The Black Cauldron. So this really, this is known as the Bronze Age of the Disney era. So there's different eras in Disney in Disney canon, right? And so this one the Bronze Age basically goes from 1970 to 1988. And I feel like even within this Bronze Age, you could have another age within there which is just the Dark Age <laughs> because it just goes I mean I think the 70s there's some pretty good things that come out of the 70s but some of the some of the things that come out of the 80s, specifically this one. This is the whatever the opposite of pinnacle is <laughs> of disney animation
1: <laughs> oh gosh but i mean i remember watching in waking sleeping beauty uh, when don han was talking about all of this and and just the background story about it how they they decided that they were just gonna cut a lot there's like 15 minutes or something uh, something of the movie where they're like This isn't working. So we're just going to cut this. And like all the animators were like, what? How dare Uh, you? Which I understand because they just spent like three years.
0: Six months. Yeah. (laughs) Years. More more likely years. Yes.
1: More likely years like doing those those scenes. And uh, this was like right at the Michael Eisner time period Mm -hmm. where he pops in. And so you've got uh, a changing of the guard as it were. And so there was just a lot of like a lot of contention in the studio lots of things were happening and it was right before they you know you went into the little mermaid era um and beyond so this was yeah this was a thing
0: yeah this is a really interesting time in disney history and if you want to learn more about it two great resources. So one, what Chelsea already mentioned, that documentary called Waking Sleeping Beauty really goes into the backstory of what happened here and and the Disney Renaissance and whatnot. But there's so much to this particular time that caused the Renaissance to happen. And Black Cauldron really was a turning point for that. But then mm-hmm. also there is a book called Disney War, which basically covers uh, when, you know, Ron Miller, who was Walt's son-in-law became the CEO of Disney, you know, for quite a while and then eisner steps in in the 80s so it really kind of take starts right around there letting you see all of the different changes that happen in the disney studio and they really go into this time period they cover the renaissance they, they cover everything with katzenberg because katzenberg was brought in at this time to help um and so he had his fingers in this black cauldron pie as well mm-hmm. uh he was the one that actually out.
1: came in and, and made everybody cut things i remember yeah. and they yeah. were ticked at him
0: <laughs> yeah so I'll include links in the show notes so that way you can check out those out because they definitely, if you are a Disney fan, those are like a must read and a must watch, yeah. especially if you're interested in the history of the studio. So going back to this film, um, you know, this is based on a book. So a lot of people don't know that it's based on Lloyd Alexander's book, The Chronicles of Pride Prydain. I'm sorry, I'm, I have not read it, so I don't know how it's pronounced. So excuse my pronunciation, but I'm actually really interested because... It's loosely based on the first two books of that series. And that series has about, um, you know, a couple more novels after that. And it's supposed to be so good, just really rich and interesting characters. And when they finally got the rights to this, they got the rights in 1971. Everybody thought that this was going to be the next Snow White or the next Pinocchio. There it, it was no question based on the source material how amazing this was going to be, which is Crazy to think based on the end result of it's the end result is just a hot mess, it's just mm-hmm. all over the place, it's very confusing. Things just happen for the sake of happening. And, um, you know, I think because this took two books from the series, there are also dozens of characters in the books that they had to pare down. And, and this is a very, very small cast. The Horn King himself was a combination of a few villains that they put together, so just a lot a lot of struggles trying to adapt this to film and an animated film. It, like you said, it touched so many hands. There were like, everyone was a writer for this, you know, Ron Musker and John Clements, they were involved and they got taken off and they ended up doing the great mouse detective. I I'm sorry for anyone who was actually on this for like the entire time because it just had to have been such a roller coaster. And then of course, like you mentioned Katzenberg and Eisner come in and they, they, just like hack away at everything that they've been doing. And supposedly the ending was just so scary for children. They had a test screening, like when it was mostly done and it was so frightening that part where the reborn, you know, where they go into the yeah. cauldron and everything is reborn, essentially that children were literally screaming and running out of the theater in droves, <laughs> which I oh want to see God. that version. I want to give see me that, that cut because that might have made it a bit, a bit more interesting of a film or like if they're really going to go dark, it seems like they committed and they were going to go dark. <laughs> they were going to go there. Oh, wow. And then on the flip side, we have a, a magical talking pig. Uh, Yeah, a prophetic pig. Um, Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, she doesn't talk. <laughs> I was just, you know, I felt like the main issues with this story was the fact that it was so disjointed and mm-hmm, so hard mm-hmm. to follow and i'm literally no more than 9 minutes in and i already had to go back and rewatch the first 9 minutes because i was like i have no idea what's happening like who are Oof. these people <laughs> so yeah. like that's just a way to like say how bad i felt like through this whole thing <laughs>
0: So Chelsea and I have been friends for a long time and we bonded obviously over our passion for animation. And I remember we would just go to Chelsea's house and we would watch different animated films. And this was one that we both were familiar of. We were big fans of Disney, so we knew everything in the canon, but there's still, you know, even high school ones that we hadn't seen, you know, this wasn't the days of today where you could just hop on the internet and everything, there's a streaming service for every title ever in existence. You know, you had to know someone who had a copy or go to the store and rent it or buy it. Right. And Chelsea being Chelsea, she typically had them all, especially in Disney form. So you had this one, I believe. And we sat down and we tried to watch it and we just like 20 minutes into it. I think we just got the remote (laughs) control and turned it off. (laughs) Click it, wasn't, oh my it gosh. wasn't good we just gave up like as disney yeah. fans that's sad that you yeah. know it's bad when your your true true dedicated fans just say nope can't Not even today, do this junior
1: <laughs> well and what's interesting is like when we were talking about bringing this back up i, I think uh i was i made that comment of You know, I don't think I've ever finished this movie. But then after today, I actually did finish it. So there you go, Morgan. I I did my homework. I actually finished it. (laughs) But as I watched it, I was like, actually, I think I have seen the ending. But I've also but I had never like seen the full thing. I think maybe somebody maybe I like came in and out and just watched like where I could. You know, one of those parts just because it isn't it, it in your memory yeah, it's a possibility <laughs> as well <laughs> I I feel like that was closer probably to what happened because <laughs> there were moments where I was like yeah I do remember this part I do remember the fact that gorgie actually lives at the end like I okay but like as it was happening I'm like oh yeah this seems vaguely familiar um mm-hmm. but once again like I went through the whole thing and they're like i even through this time as i was watching there's a point in time where i was like okay where did the pig go like why is the pig here <laughs> and then i had to like zoom, like go back and like find okay where's the last time we see this pig and see what happens just so that i'd be like why w- i couldn't even like pay attention to know enough that the pig wasn't there for half of the movie like
0: i don't know. it's just oh gosh it's a hot mess so it is a hot here, mess it's a hot mess <laughs> yeah it's just so subpar in all the different aspects, you know, the character design, like it feels Disney, you know, to me, it feels kind of the character designs of the era of sword and the stone, or even, you know, a few decades later, we get Winnie the Pooh, like kind of the main character, Taryn sort of looks like a Christopher Robin type to me.
1: Yeah. See, the thing is the characters and the designs of them just scream don bluth and richard rich to me Mm -hmm. because you know this was the age i think don bluth had just left and when this came out and then also uh, richard rich uh, i've seen a lot of his stuff (laughs) so like i just am very familiar like he never changed his designs
0: (laughs) yeah this is your richard rich tell the villains all have a big nose (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you can always tell uh, just how like the most evil ones except for this this one I don't think he had a nose I think this was like a Voldemort well, thing. He was a like, special, skeleton. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you can just tell though like how they're very round and bouncy like and bulbous. Feeling. Yeah. Bulbous. Bulbous is a great word. Yeah. Uh,
0: bulbous character designs. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and then even the like the princess like she has like a a very typical generic uh, generic look i just not much about either of these characters um so you're really left with the you know the sidekicks and gorgie oh he was so annoying oh he was so annoying uh and then also the pig like there's nothing about this pig that's special and that was oh that's what bothered me i well one of the things (laughs) not the only thing but it's like the guy who's in charge, or like the head pig keeper, because of course Taryn's the the assistant pig keeper. So the head pig keeper, he doesn't explain like where this pig came from, why the, it has powers, Dalvin. Like, what Dalvin. Uh, yeah, so he there's just no there's no rhyme or reason and no world building, and it's just kind of yes, you're expected to just go with it and yes. suspend all disbelief and just go.
0: Yeah, that, that's the biggest problem, I think, with the film, or one of, one of many, is that right. there's just a lot of lore and a lot that is, is there. For example, Henwin, she is a prophetic pig why? Nope. No <laughs> explanation. She just, it is what it is. And you move on. Right. And then another thing happens like the, the horn King. Why is he a horn King? How did he become in power? Why does he look the way that he is? Is he dead? Is he alive? Like there's just all these things that He's- are just set up like do, 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 do. And we're just supposed to accept it and move on. It, it is what it is. And uh, that's a struggle because things keep happening and you just accept it.
1: I wasn't even sure if the Horn King was actually the original evil king that was in (laughs) like his powers or soul was imbued in this in this cauldron. So I was thinking, well, is he the king that everybody was afraid of? But no, he's Uh just another terrible king. (laughs) Another evil king. How many terrible kings are there? (laughs) And then you have like a great king who's dead and has a sword under him. Like I guess he was the one like there's just no the sword
0: the ex- like why is the sword magical? Because <laughs> of the, the plot. plot. <laughs> exactly.
1: This is and, and, every bit of this felt that way.
0: Uh, yeah. Every every side it really was anytime time that something new was introduced it was like because the plot yeah and i think that just goes to so with the source material there was just so much going on which probably had a lot more nuance i assume and lore and myth building when you're taking two novels combining it into one 90 minute ish movie which it's not even that um, yeah yeah there's a lot that makes it on the cutting room floor even before katzenberg gets his hands on it
1: right oh man it was just it was so hard to understand any of it and like I went online and I on IMDb, you have like the user ratings and reviews mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. reading through some of them. And there's some of them that they're like, oh, I give this eight stars. I'm like, uh, what? And obviously the guy was like, he's like yeah, it came out when I was 11 and I was in the typical demographic. And so I just remember loving this movie. And yeah, now I look at it, but there, there's some things that could be better, but man, I just still love it. I'm like,
0: nostalgia meter, nostalgia meter. <laughs> yes.
1: I feel that way about my certain movies, you know, so I, I'm i not going to judge. Swan princess. The, <laughs> Swan, <laughs> princess. Hey, Swan
0: princess. Swan Princess. Swan Princess is good, princess. okay? <laughs> it's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there's just a lot of these, uh, it's, it is the nostalgia meter that is is clouding their ending.
0: judgment yeah but you know it's interesting because i was looking on the wikipedia page looking at the the reception you know the different critics it actually was pretty well received by some of the critics really? there's one where roger Ebert he gave it three and a half stars out of five and it says that it, it's a rip-roaring tale of swords and sorcery evil and revenge magic and pluck and luck it takes us on a journey through the kingdom of some of the more memorable characters in any recent Disney film. Like, well, oh it was the dark ages, Bronze Age, so dark like ages. maybe they're memorable comparatively, but he, he noted how involving the story was and felt the key to the movie is in the richness of the characterizations. And I'm just like, how did you get that? How did you, as a movie reviewer, viewer, See the richness of the characterizations. I felt that all of the characters were just so poorly developed. They weren't rich characters. Like, I just have to keep going back and saying, like, everything about this movie was just bland and yeah. boring. That very first scene, you know, we're introduced, and here's this boy, Taryn, and he's basically a the pig boy, and he's just such a cl- not a klutz, but he's just very inept at what he's doing. Yeah. Everything. He's just dropping the ball. And that's like the first 10 minutes And I'm sitting here and I'm already like looking at my watch. I'm like, this is just not fun. This is Mm -hmm. just boring. Like I, there's kind of cool things happening here, but it's not good. You know? And even the character, even just the design of the world is very bland. It's these Browns and, and like earth tones, but not very pretty. It's just like a grungy film in not, not a, not a hip sort of grunge.
1: No. I did appreciate seeing like the 2D hand-drawn animation in like the multiplane style. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was cool cuz you could tell that they were that they had actually gone and tried to create a little bit of that movement. And just seeing that kind of just makes me happy in my in its own right just for the sake of being that, but that's just because I'm me. <laughs> like most normal people watching these are not saying that. So -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's like where did you spend your time and and money, and it really should have been on the script.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they spent a lot of time and money and years on the script. Yeah, it just yeah wasn't going anywhere. So yeah, so we have Taryn, and um, he's he's okay. You know, it's just so funny. Like like I said before, multiple times, he's demonstrated his how incompetent he is, and then it's like okay, well, we got to take Henwyn the pig. We gotta save her. And we gotta take her away. So you, Taryn, the incompetent, you are gonna be the one to do it. I'm like, yeah, I I wouldn't pick him. That's not yeah. my first choice. <laughs> and then at the very end, you know, why wouldn't the guy come and take? Well, him? yeah, what's he doing at home? So yeah. it's really really bizarre. But then at the very end, he's like, see, it all worked out in the end. I knew I knew he could do it. I yeah, taught him a lesson. The- oh gosh. <laughs> That whole like, and that was the point where you have like Hedwyn,
1: like she's showing him what's happening, and they're like all uh-huh. walking off, like <laughs> like skipping off yes. into the sunset. <laughs> yes, like oh gosh, and then it's like, yeah, oh so- look, he did it. <laughs> it's like,
0: like, like okay, cool. Died. <laughs> everyone, yes. the world could have been taken over by an undead army. Yes, and you wanted Taryn it to do it him um
1: at the very beginning he's like war isn't a game people do get hurt yes that is correct so why at the end are you not as concerned with him going uh-huh. in and doing all this stuff i just if this pig is so prophetic and so awesome i wouldn't let it out of my sight
0: <laughs> i'd be like kate right. you're not ready for this yeah so Ugh. shifting gears to henwin i just have so many unanswered questions and Mm -hmm. like we were saying there's just so many things about this movie and these characters and the premise that you just have to accept and move on but one why does she have powers two how did the old guy discover that she had powers Uh, why do her powers allow her to be connected to the cauldron Um, are her powers are her powers basically like the mirror in beauty and the beast where she can just, or or like Ursula's orb, where she can just see whatever thing that she wants to see. I mean, whatever Ursula's is thing is because her. of Flotsam and Jetsam, but like he's basically just like a gateway. But and, yeah, and, and why does the pig have to put his her face into the water and do a trance? Because how did he know the chant for this random pig? Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like there's a prequel we're missing, which so we will much never see. About this
1: pig. <laughs> And okay, is there a prophecy that says a pig will know, like, all, Mm -hmm. you know, the line of pig succession will know where Mm -hmm, to find mm -hmm. this, this cauldron. And so if that's the case, has, you know, the Horn King just been going through all the pigs? They just eat pig every night because they're going and gonna kill them all to in order to find the magic one. I don't know i don't get it how old did the pig i don't know yeah so you know it's funny questions. like this
0: pig held like the key to saving the world and if this everything that the pig had you know because the black cauldron they introduced that at the beginning like if the if the black cauldron is found and discovered it's over and i'm like well wouldn't it just be better to kill the pig if, versus <laughs> go go hide somewhere you know? That's horrible, right? And I d- never wanted to say, like, for the greater good, because that is a path that you can't, that, that no. is not good. There's, you should no, never no. make the justification for the greater good. But what? It's a pig that's basically <laughs> dinner,
1: right? I get it. Yes, I get it. Oh, I just, I mean, I don't even know if you need to kill the pig. Why is the pig special? I just don't understand. <laughs> well, and right. the fact that if it is special, okay halfway through the movie now they are just saying oh well actually we don't need the pig anymore because these fairy people know exactly where to find the cauldron so hi course be good yes (laughs) like oh don't worry about her we'll take her home (laughs) like why didn't we why didn't we put these fairy people in charge of the pig from the beginning yes (laughs) this is this is what flora fada
0: (laughs) Merryweather. exactly (laughs) oh good times so yada, yada, yada. He meets the princess. <laughs> Let's all say it together, everyone. Let's, this is a name which no one can say. <laughs> I-lon-we. i <I-lon-we. laughs> we go. Yes. I-lon-we. So um, still hard to say, despite having yes. practiced it and saying it together. i lon um, But yeah, so, you know, with this story it is based on the novels which they themselves are based on sort of these nor these welsh uh mythologies you know and so not necessarily her but her name is very much you know from this era and this this time and and so we, we kind of talked about her, she's very bland uh, very young too that's an that's something that's interesting with this film is that these characters are younger than our typical protagonists. We aren't quite given how old they are, but I would reckon that they're b- between twelve and fourteen, yeah, and you know she's a princess, which at first you know you'd oh I'm the princess, but then later the horn king calls her a scullery maid, and so I thought, oh, maybe she's not a princess, maybe she was just like pretending to be a princess or Uh, Uh she actually is a princess, so I'm not quite sure why he called her that. Just try to diss her, whatever. See, she uh, started out with a good
1: amount of spunk and Mm -hmm. snark. Like she just started out good. Like come on kid like uh, uh you can come with me if you want sure like you don't have any way to get out mm-hmm. and he's just torrent's just like oh i didn't i didn't expect to end up like this you know and they're just she's like <laughs> uh well you i guess you can come with me if you want and he's like really i can well yeah i just said it <laughs> it's like, okay
0: yeah it's actually and- interesting because she is really um independent initially and kind of take the bull by the horns she's going to do everything herself and then the the narrative shifts to more focusing back on Taryn as the hero uh-huh. you know when they're escaping and they are in that boat and the the gate is down she's like oh no the gate is down and then it's even instead before of her, that it's
1: like it's like sh- as they're escaping the first time and they're at the door like the the drawbridge and she's like oh no Taryn what do we do
0: Yeah. She, she kind of goes back to that damsel in distress role. Yeah.
1: Like it was right away where I'm like, you're no longer cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. She had like really cool elements to her. And then it was like, Oh, you're just one of those. (laughs) Not saying there's anything bad with, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle this. Have a nice day. Yeah. She's not that type of damsel in distress. No, she's not. I mean, it's, it's
1: not necessarily that they make her a damsel in distress. It's the fact that they totally change her attitude and her, her like character halfway through. And then it just, it starts out cool. And then all of a sudden it just goes back into lazy writing.
0: Yeah. She becomes a very passive character. As well as a, uh, a lot of the characters, kind of just fall into things happening to them yeah. versus them t- having thing doing things to progress the plot. You know, I think about the very end with the Horn King, basically his death. No one does anything to kill him; just the cauldron's kind of going crazy because of Gergi, uh-huh. and and he just gets sucked into it. And so, no one killed the Horn King, which good i don't want blood on a 12 year old's hands but <laughs> there wasn't really it was just kind of like well you're a crappy villain like you just got you know sucked into this thing and you're dead and that's the end it was just really pathetic you know especially since he does have such a frightening design yeah he's probably one of the more scarier looking disney villains but there's not much be- meat to that bone when you actually get there it's true well
1: and like i think the biggest thing that he ever did was just choke the creeper goblin thing yeah darth vader style they, like it, it was a mixture of darth vader plus maybe like prequel to lord Voldemort. <laughs> where <'cause laughs> at the very end there it was like a like a death eater type disappearance uh once mm-hmm. he gets sucked in there's like this skull that comes out and like things <laughs> that swipe around it and i'm like this was before the dark bark- time.
0: The Dark Mark. (laughs) Yeah, I also got Lord of the Ring vibes just with the overall story of what's happening. There's this, you know, thing that we have to go on a journey and we have to take it somewhere and something has to be thrown into this giant pit, you know, and thinking of throwing the ring into Mordor, uh, you know, Gergi sacrificing himself, jumping in sort of like uh, very loosely like Gollum.
1: yes yes and but kind of <laughs> sounded like it 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 kind of reminded me of the lord of the rings the ver- like Ugh. the the rotoscoper version and i'm like Ugh. the skirts,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so many bitty <laughs> so <many, many> skirts <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was bad oh gosh so than yeah i so- don't really like reviewing movies that are just straight up bad movies like we just don't enjoy it um and <laughs> so we don't normally do this but the fact that we're doing this movie it's like oh, oh gosh this, yeah. was a tr- this was a this was a struggle.
0: Well let's talk about something that is a little bit more enjoyable which are the witches. I oh, thought they okay. were a breath of fresh air and probably one of the better parts of the film. I they had really nice designs. One of them reminded me others uh, a, a Donald Duck cartoon where Huey Dewey and Louie from the 1950s they're going trick or treating and this witch comes along. And, you know, kind of plays tricks on Donald. And one of the witches totally reminded me of the witch from that. Very, very similar. But then also, like, because the fact that there were three of them, very much, you know, one had the very long pointy nose. Like, these are early designs of the fates from Hercules, basically. Yeah.
1: I was wondering if these were supposed to be the fates. And then you have the uncomfortable between the boobs gag. (laughs) like. Cause like she like the fat one like grows really big and she's super infatuated with the minstrel and so she like grabs him no she turns him into a frog and then the frog gets stuck between her blouse and you're just like oh no why are we doing this and it's like it was so weird that later on she makes the comment like ooh I love guys who are really are really forceful I'm like oh gosh (laughs) oh This is no bueno.
0: Yeah, you could get away with a lot in the 80s. Let's just put it that <laughs> really way. Good. Um, oh, yeah, man. that lady was very much reminiscent of Studio Jiggling. Yeah.
1: Yes. Where, uh,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case you don't get that reference, it's referring back to basically our Coraline episode. Um <laughs> Leica is we we also dub Leica like Studio Jiggling because it also <laughs> is a fan of the bosoms that like to jiggle so (laughs) oh gosh good time
1: i did i did appreciate how they were going back and making the these little negotiations uh because it takes takes me back to my grandma her quote is you don't get what you deserve you get what you negotiate Mm -hmm. and i was like you know this is exactly what it is like you gotta own the fact that you negotiated to take away the sword which i don't know could the sword have killed have destroyed the great black cauldron we don't know
0: we don't Maybe. know all we knew is that it was a great sword that potentially could have helped him become a great warrior which is really his only goal in life up until this point i guess <laughs> so i guess like, he's having to sacrifice something but it's like you just got this sword and what like y- your whole point of this mission is to find the black cauldron so what you're, you're, you're gonna say no right? don't think so sir <laughs> yeah agree. yeah so the riches really were a high point i thought they brought great humor uh boob jokes aside that (laughs) just it was really more lightness to the film that i enjoyed um there's Gurgi, who's supposed to be funny but i just found him annoying versus hilarious and like comedic relief he's just like what are you why are you and no (laughs) and of course we have the bard you know fleur de flam who (laughs) You know, he's joining their ragtag gang because. Because? (laughs) I mean, did we need him? I feel like if it just would have been the two of them, it would have been fine. And he also has a vested interest in the two getting together um, romantically. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe he's just he's just loves love songs. And
1: so he. true it's like me i i make a living off of writing lo- love songs for people so if anybody out there is in the uh market for you know getting married or such i will gladly write your love song and that's what this guy's doing too he's got his magical harp where he's just about he's like oh i got a sale coming up
0: <laughs> the harp gag was actually kind of funny it was basically like I his pinocchio harp- nose <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Time he lied the strings would just go ding they'd break <laughs>
1: i agree yeah that one was i liked the harp that accent i don't know he was i mean it's just the plot like what right
0: how did you feel you know going back to the love story how did you feel about the two protagonists you know being such young protagonists with this forced love story i
1: mean you go back in time and love stories (laughs) started a lot earlier than they do today um yeah so it's just like,
0: interesting to see it in it is I, I had no problem with it it's cute but it's just a lot younger than we're used to and and ah, uh, young love it's cute yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: i had no issues because it, it didn't go anywhere like any point where it was like like teetering on like pre-teen <laughs> you know? like,
0: yeah i mean, I mean love. okay never
1: mind i mean look over here guys like so that's uh-huh Basically, how it ended. Yeah. So you're like, okay,
0: thinking through this. I now I'm kind of interested to see what happens to them when they're in their 20s and that relationship. Like, oh. does he turn into a strapping warrior? And ooh, yeah, I, I want to know. Does she remember the I fact really... that
1: he saved everybody with this, with this cauldron? <laughs> you know they. I mean, you know, they're skipping was off the wives or something. I don't know. But like, you know, she's a princess, so she could really have anybody. So That's true. That's true. I mean, well, that's the other thing is what is her kingdom? Where is she supposed to be from? Why was she there?
0: You know, like how did she get captured? yeah it, other people aren't looking for her does she not matter like what is this kingdom that he's in like the horn king is in charge of uh where are the people and i love that there were just like you know in tangled when rapunzel is told by mother gothel like watch out for thugs <laughs> like yeah. all of just like the generic bad guys were just thugs They were just the perfect epitome of what a thug in one of these movies is. Just big, burly. You got some sort of weapon, whether it's a sword or an axe and some sort of facial hair. Yeah. And (laughs) really bad
1: facial acne type coloring. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like some of the faces were like gray, but it was like all over. And then they bad teeth, bad teeth. They can't eat with their mouth closed and men with sharp teeth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The creators of Tangled must have really gotten their inspiration uh, from this film.
1: <laughs> they went way back into the vault. <laughs>
0: <It's Yeah. fun. laughs> to the cauldron. <laughs> They're like,
1: oh, I know where I'm going to get inspiration. The black cauldron. <laughs> to the cauldron.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, that's fun. So, I mean, I feel like there's just so many unanswered questions that we've we've gone through, but... Yeah, it's just like thing happens, they need to get to something else so other thing happens that gets them there and then thing happens and yeah, I mean, who were these these witches that just were able like they're kind of like omniscient and they knew where the cauldron was all along and they actually were like the keepers of the cauldron. I was expecting maybe the typical in these films where like someone's soul or someone's essence is locked away in an inanimate object. I'm thinking of you know, the tree in Fern Gully, you know, with the the big bad gas guy, you know, it's like, there's always something it's like, we're going to trap you in this thing. And then something's going to happen in a movie. Hexus, Yes, indeed. And, and then, you know, something's going to happen where someone's going to break it open, but that didn't happen with this one. The bad king just, he was still stuck in there and he's just able to be evil through the cauldron. It's weird.
1: Yeah. It's weird. If you're looking at, like, how could they have made this film better? I think they should have just scrapped the idea of doing any type of original source material and just morphed it into something that made sense. Because if you're taking that original source material and trying to, like, jam two books worth of stuff into one movie, it's just not working. And so you just make it work like do something else like did they have to continue down this road (laughs) the
0: sad thing is this is loosely based on those books like it went so far down the line that it's not even sort of a resemblance of what those are but they still were trying to really hold on to this thing that they thought was so amazing and so great and I remember reading the author you know Where he he said, like, yeah, the movie's great. It's totally different than my books, but it's great. And I'm like, but it's not. (laughs) Can you just be can you be like George Lucas when The Force Awakens came out and just be like, Yeah, that was crap. That was not my story at all. That was no good. My story was way better. Like that uh, <laughs> props to uh, Lucas for, for saying that he was, he was actually really mad because they told him when they bought Lucasfilm, like, Hey, you're not going to be involved, but don't worry. We're going to use your story. And I read this in the the Bob Iger book, oh. the ride of a lifetime that just came out. You should definitely check that out because there's a lot of really great behind the scenes stories about okay. this era and, uh, you know, the, everything with Steve jobs and, yeah, it's really really great. But anyways, he was just saying that you know they 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 promised him it was going to be okay, and then he was ticked when they basically threw out his scripts <laughs> that he had, oh, you course. know with his with his outline. But um, yeah, this guy he was like, yeah, it's great, yeah, not like me at all. Nothing, I don't know her, but pretty good. <laughs> like no. <sighs> so, oh gosh. Yeah, but Chelsea, we did it. We actually watched the Black Cauldron and we, we got did. through it. This we should get like a prize <laughs> for this. I need a, a cauldron pin to put on my Roto jacket. Like you did it. I did. I finished the <laughs> badge of cauldron. honor. Oh man. Uh, I want to see, are there, are there black cauldron Disney black cauldron pins like from official trading? Oh, there's oh. a few out there. Ooh, one with each of the main characters, a headwind pig or a, a headwind pig pig Ooh, okay let's if you see. were to
1: put just henwick like a picture of henwick <laughs> up would anybody be able to tell that it was this specific pig
0: no people be like oh wilbur Yeah. know that was disney <laughs> <laughs> exactly that is exactly what i was thinking Ooh, yeah these pins are are not good <laughs> and from the ebay listing says this cool all caps hidden mickey 5x pin series features characters from the disney film the black cauldron Please be aware that the chaser pin, Gergi, is not included. Like, oh, we... Yeah, that one got lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, not totally forgotten. Oh, gosh. He's... Okay, he could have been a much
1: more sympathetic character if there would have been more of a connection between him him and Taryn. Because at the very beginning, Gergi was like, oh, you're my friend. And Taryn's like, no, we're not friends. I don't know you. <laughs> and also, you're just not brave so no go away if they would have like had at some point in time him say you know what Gergi you are brave or something like that and before Mm -hmm. the final like sacrifice of him because all of a sudden it goes from nope I'm gonna be the sacrifice I'm gonna do it and then no Gergi you can't And then once Gergi decides that he's going to be the one to he's like, no, but everybody else has friends and Gergi only has you. So I couldn't lose my only friend. I'm like, actually, like Alonwi, she was a better friend to Gergi than the other guy. Like (laughs) she actually liked him. Like, I don't understand.
0: He he also contradicts himself. He says, you have so many friends and you're my only friend. So I'm going to take this for you. And then right before he jumps off, he's like, no. I need to do this because I have no friends. I'm like, but you just said that he was your friend. You're not making sense here, Gurgy. <laughs> you're not making sense. <laughs> so what sense. is it? You have no friends, so you're sacrificing your life? Or it's because he's your only friend? Like, it, it was weird. Yeah. It was just like, was- oh, we have to feel bad for someone. So, you know, the character that's not the main character can be the sacrifice. And of course, he's going to come back at the end because as with all films, you can't let a character stay dead. A character who does a great sacrifice can't truly be a sacrifice. You know, our episode that we just did, Soul, at the very end, you think, oh, wow, he gave that Earth badge back to 22 so she could live a life and his life is done now. He's going on the escalator to the great beyond and then, just kidding, you get one more chance. (laughs)
1: we thought you did great so here you go yeah but i will say though that the other side of that of him just dying in the middle of a piano like solo in his room (laughs) sounds really sad for everybody else around him so it's better this way it's better it's better Uh, oh i did want to bring up one thing that is combined of the two movies so at the very end of the black cauldron once the the horn king has been sucked into the the cauldron and everyone's just kind of like looking around like uh what it like pans over to these <laughs> giant rats like it gives the rats a Wha- pretty a significant amount of screen time
0: over like where we've never seen these rats before <laughs> what's the significance of the rats were these rats living in the castle were they then they're hot, excited to go back to the castle like why the rats why and it just
1: reminded me of in seoul where there's the the cat pizza rat and the pizza and the rat and they like cross each other like uh we're just gonna keep walking here okay. um but then it also it just like took my mind down this like totally long rabbit hole so you had this you know the original these rats took me to the rats in new york uh for pizza rat and then it took me down to these videos of over during the pandemic, because there wasn't a lot of food in a lot of these places. These rats started like attacking each other. And you had videos of them like almost trying to eat each other, too. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, rats are so disgusting.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, I and hate yes.
1: rodents. Ah. Oh. So it and just reminded me of our, our once again on the train, <laughs> on the Chelsea thing train to our mice and rats series where we were talking yes. about this whole thing about how I, I dislike rats and mice in all forms and even more reason to just hate rats and think they're disgusting. So I'm with you. I'm with you. That was and my ter- train.
0: Hey, it was your Easter egg for the next movie that was going to come out. Featuring Ratigan, the great mouse detective. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you like these rats, check out what we got coming next. So let's ask our Roto Nation question. The question was, what could have been done to make the Black Cauldron better? So Alex says, less meddling by Jeffrey Katzenberg. Also, if they followed through with the 3D Horned King effect. Ooh, yes. This technically was the first Disney film to use computer generated imagery. Um, so there you go. Josella says, develop the relationship between Taryn and Ilanwi more. Reduce the role of Gurgi Agreed. Here, here. Like he was just introduced just so they could sacrifice him and he be annoyed. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Kurt says hire an author that makes good stories and let that person be in charge of the story dog. (laughs) Thanks Kurt. To be honest, I don't remember a lot of the movie. (laughs) Well, neither did Chelsea. So (laughs) add me.
1: (laughs) So there you have it. That's that's how we would have made it
0: better. Oh, awesome. All right. So now it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's rate it. Oh, this is
1: hard like two stars i'm i don't think i would give it a one star because there weren't enough mini skirts to deserve a one star but it was dang close mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go with two
0: stars i'm gonna go with one and a half stars it just is really bad it's ah Yeah, that's that's the first thing that came to mind and I can justify (laughs) it to go up higher, but not today. Not today. It's one and a half stars. It's just bland, bland and boring in all aspects. Every piece of what you would normally look at in a film, the story, the characters, all of that. Yeah, it's it's just bland. It's blah. And the fact (laughs) that there were no songs, you know. In our next Nerdy Couch Discussion episode next week, we're actually going to be discussing even more what makes a Disney classic a Disney classic. And I think this uh, is a great example of what we're not looking for. And <laughs> songs are a key thing. <laughs> songs are a key thing, and there are none of them. So, I'm oh not my gosh, that this, would have helped it anyway. Because they could have just on this been... one. Oh, yeah. Talking about the soundtrack, it, you go on the Wikipedia page, and there is just basically pages and pages of notes about this soundtrack. And I'm like, did I miss something? Was this soundtrack like incredible, amazing? I don't know. I don't know why whoever decided to, you know, be up at 2 a.m. updating the Wikipedia page to the Black Cauldron (laughs) went all out on the soundtrack, but they did. But apparently this soundtrack was not released and it was like lost. And then later it was like released or discovered in, in some shop as called Terran. <laughs> oh gosh. So no, yeah. it was,
1: I felt like as I was watching it, it felt like they're just such generic, intense music, mm-hmm. like bump, bump, bum. Like It was just like the most <laughs> generic things that you could do in order to build tension. And I right. just was like, I can't. And it almost felt like they were, they just took the same sound effect like theme songs and put them back in again a couple times like every time they were climbing outside the castle it was like the same thing every time that they were like doing certain things it just felt like this was the exact same song that you just played a look a, li- a little bit ago and i was not impressed
0: not yeah impressed. the big booming drums boom 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 yes. boom. yes just yeah bland that's all i gotta say. there you go Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. Before we end, I want to read today's five star review. This comes from Jillian Matthews. And she says, I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I love learning about my favorite animated films from my childhood to present day. I love the little mermaid, beauty and the beast night before Christmas and Casper and so much more. I've learned a few things that I didn't know about these movies that I've loved all of these years. And you guys are really funny. I'm looking forward to learning more and, I'm looking forward to learning more and more things while listening to this incredible podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jillian. That really made my day. If you haven't, be sure to leave us a five star review. It's the easiest, simplest way to support the show. Of course, you can always consider becoming a patron. We actually just did our monthly Rotocast where we get together with the patrons and we just talk about things that don't really fall into the realm of the podcast. You know, we were talking about my soda addiction and how I quit that. And we were talking about disney musicals and disney live action remakes and and just really really fun things so it's just a fun time where we get to hang out and hang out with you bring you onto the call in addition to all of the other amazing perks that you get as a patron so d- check that out rotoscopers.com patron and thank you to the patrons for making this show possible
1: Woohoo! all right our next episode is going to be the Glenn keen special over the moon we talk about in our rotocast how much we love glenn keen because who doesn't love glenn keen everybody loves glenn he's kind of the dude he's the guy the the man the myth the legend and he had a new movie so we're gonna check it out and see what we think about it i'm excited to jump on in until next time You'd- I Luin? I, I- Iloin? <laughs> Crap, I practiced
0: too. I I Develop the relationship between Taryn and Iloni. <laughs> Hold on. Every time I see this word, I Lonwi. I Lonwi. Uh, more. <laughs> Develop the relationship between Taryn and Ilaun- why? Uh, it's because it's like confusing <laughs> to look at you, you. Yeah, you know how you're supposed to say it, but then you look at it and you're like, "Wait, Ilanwi." Develop, be- develop the relationship between develop the relationship between taran and Ilanwi more. Reduce reduce the role of gurgi